Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. We've been talking about three things that the Spirit of God said to me of how Christians lose their healing. We're not under a curse. We, don't, we are redeemed from the curse of the law. The only way a Christian can get sick is for us to open the door to the devil. The only way for a Christian to hit financial problems is for us to open the door to the devil. The only way to have failure in the life of a Christian is to open the door to the devil. But if we open it to the devil, we can close it. How about when we close it, we slam it? We don't just close it a little bit at a time and, and you, the draft comes back in. So many people know, well, I shouldn't be doing this. So they close the door a little bit, but they leave it open. That, you ever seen a mouse? get into a house, they can flatten their body out and go through a minute crack. I've watched it. I mean, you think, how did that mouse ever get in? And they flatten themselves out because there was access. The devil is looking for access. And he doesn't need a big wide open door. He'll take a crack. So when we close the door to the devil, let's slam it so all access is cut off. Amen. We're not playing with doing something we shouldn't do. If it's not in line with the word and if if it's not pleasing to God, we shouldn't be doing it. Amen. But God spoke to me years ago and said there's three ways primarily that Christians open the door to sickness, disease, or to any kind of failure. Uh, any kind of anything being stolen from their life. And the number one thing that we looked at already was through the loss of peace, through getting into worry, fear, doubt. Well, the second thing that he said to me about how Christians lose their healing or open the doors anyway to the devil is this, by turning the wrong direction, going away from God's plan. When we turn out of the, when we turn away from the will of God for our lives, we just turn away from healing. When we turn away from the plan of God for our lives, we just turn away from provision. Amen. Amen. His blessing is with his plan. I said his blessing is with his plan. We must stay with his plan to stay with his blessing. Long life is connected to God's plan. I cannot overemphasize this enough for you. To have long life, you have to stay with God's plan. Amen. Uh, Jesus made the statement in John chapter 4, verse 34. He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. In other words, not just start this thing. So many Christians start off on the right road and they start veering and don't finish what God has for them. Then they wonder why all the problems, why is my marriage having problems? Why are my children having problems? Why do I have all the continual physical issues? Why am I so troubled in my mind? When you get away from God's plan for your life, there, that's where the fullness of his blessing can meet you. But if you get away from it, his, his best is not with a second plan. Listen, God doesn't need plan B and C for your life because his plan A is perfect. Come on. Come on. 
God creates perfect plans. Now, people aren't perfect, but his plan is perfect. Amen. And when you create a perfect plan, you don't need plan B and plan C and plan D. And so, so many times people are trying to formulate plans for their life and they don't realize they're formulating themselves right outside of God's best. They're moving into a different flow than what God has for them. When Jesus said, my meat, he was talking about what is meat to a person's life? It's nourishment. It's what sustains the body to take in nutrition. He's basically saying the nutrition for my life. The thing that keeps my life going. Now see, just as he was saying, just as meat is to the body, the will of God is to my existence. And if he said, my meat, the thing that nourishes me is to do his will, how much more the things that's going to nourish us is to do God's will. And not just start, finish finish. Amen. And so if we veer, if we veer from the will of God, we veer from health. I read, let's, uh, let's go over to Ephesians in chapter two. I want us to read a passage here. Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter 2. Now, when I say to veer from the plan of God is to veer from long life, it's to veer from health, what that means is you can't just live any way you want and think that you can live in divine health. You can't just talk to people any other way you want and think that you're going to live in divine health. Well, I've got a right to say my mind. Not according to the word you don't. He told you to renew your mind. He didn't say, say your mind. (laughs) He said, renew your mind. In other words, you need a new way of thinking before you open your mouth. We all need a new way of thinking. For the rest of our life, we always have to be bringing our thoughts in in line with his word. Why? It means health to us. Some people don't realize the way they've used their mouth has kept them sick. The way they've used their mouth has kept them poor. The plan of God and the will of God is you use your mouth according to his plan, his plan and his purpose and his best. Well, I can go anywhere I want to go. Well, not be pleasing to God, you can't. Amen. And if he's your Lord, it needs to matter to you what your Lord thinks. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm going to read out of the Amplified Translation in verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. Now, listen, that ought to to do away with all self-image problems. I'm his. He's working me. Amen. I find my worth in the one I belong to. Amen. For we are God's own handiwork. Just lay in bed and think about that. Father, I belong to you. You created me for you. You made me for you and your work, your hands are on me. If we're his handiwork, his hands have to be on us. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. 
recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. Why are we born anew or born again is what we could say that. Born again that we may do those good works which he planned beforehand for us. When you get born again, now you can come into what he made you for. He made you to do some things. Listen, you don't get saved by works, but after you're saved, works are everything. Because we're to be doing things that he pre-planned for us. Notice, he pre-planned something for us. We need to be interested to know what that plan is. Don't ever get into this thoughtless way of living of, I can just do my own plan. Listen, you were born for something bigger than what you could, than what you could figure out for yourself. And if you're going to live your life your way, your life is going to be cheated. But if you'll live it his way, you can move into the fullness of his glory for your life. It says, so we were born anew or born again that we may do those good works which he planned beforehand for us. Now look at the next phrase of the Amplified, taking paths, which he prepared ahead of time. Before time was being calculated by man, God authored something for your life. Before the measurement of time began, he authored something for your life. And he said, our complete joy and privilege is we get to take what the paths that he authored for us before time started clicking on the clock. It's amazing. Taking, he, listen, he didn't just create a plan when you were born. It was before time started ticking away. That he created that plan for your life. Taking paths. Look at this. It's up to us to take the path. It's up to us. He laid the path. It's up to us to take the path. Notice you have to take it. Can I say this? You have to take it by faith. Faith takes by faith. Amen. And if you don't take it, the devil will steal it from you. And you'll have to take it from opposition who tries to show up and steal things from you. Take it from symptoms. No, no, you don't. You take it. You just take it. You go, I don't know what you mean by taking it. Sure you do. You've watched two toddlers fight over a toy. <laughs> Haven't you? One has it and another wants it. And I mean, I mean, there's, a, there's an obvious uh, disagreement going on. How does the one toddler end up with it when the other one wants it? He just doesn't let go. When it comes to God's plan, there's going to come all kinds of strategies from the devil to try to get you to let go. Let go of what God has for you. You take that path. You take it. Don't you let something else take it. Don't you let your flesh un unguarded take it. Don't you let an unrenewed mind take it. Don't you let people who don't love God the way you love God take it. You take the path. Amen. And don't let something that bids high for you pull you off that path. Giving you another job opportunity. Giving you a, a, a job promotion that pulls you out of your local church and pulls you away from spiritual things. So the devil will bid high for you. He'll offer you something sparkly and shiny because he's trying to take from you what God has already authored for you. Don't let him take your path. Don't let him take your path. 
Amen. You take the path. It's up to us to take the path which he prepared ahead of time. Now, listen to the way the Amplified says it, that will happen to those who take the path, that we should walk in them. Now he's showing us our manner of living. Living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Notice this, when you're walking out his plan for your life, you're gonna live the good life. And if your life isn't good, you veered from that path somewhere. Get back on the path. Amen. Now notice he says taking paths. The word paths is plural. Notice that. Why is that? Because sometimes we veer off for whatever reason off the path. And you know what? That path isn't lost to you. There's another path to get you back on. There's another path to get you back on. Amen. Hallelujah. The devil will say you've gone too far. You, you're, you're, you, you, can't, you cannot lay hold of what God has. You've wasted too much time. You've made too many wrong decisions. You've made too many wrong turns in life. Say, no, no, no. There's always another path to get me back on. And I'm going to take the paths. It's not like it's set in concrete. And if you get off, that's it. You're lost going to hell. No, it's not that at all. If you get off because God God knows people will get duped, people will get in the flesh, people will do things in the natural that will take them off. So he just created bunches of paths to get you back on. Listen, it's not just the people who build the highway and the freeway systems that know people need exit ramps and entrance ramps. God built entrance ramps when you took an exit. He'll put an entrance ramp back on. Don't you ever let the devil tell you it's too late for you. Don't you ever let the devil rob from you. Don't you ever. Well, I've missed God too long. I've made too many wrong decisions. I've married people I shouldn't marry. Don't you ever. There's another path to get you back on. Amen. Hallelujah. And if, if you will recognize I got off the path. If you'll recognize that, be honest about it, then you'll find the entrance. But if you're going to say, well, I'm just doing what I'm doing, then you won't see the entrance. You won't see the entrance ramp to get back into God's best for your life. Listen, health is on the path that God authored for you. Prosperity is on his path. It's not on your path that you chose, that you authored. Amen. It's on his path. Stay with what he authored for your life. And uh, I just want you to know the devil will offer you all kinds of things and try to make you think that what God has for you is less than what you wanted for yourself. I want you to know what you want for yourself is far less than what God authored for you. Far less. Amen. God's best is on God's path. Take it. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'll just read to you Exodus chapter 23, verse 25. It says, you shall serve the Lord your God. Listen, you can't serve him if you're not on his path. You can't serve him fully as you ought. To serve him as as you ought, you have to follow his plan for your life, right? So he says, you shall serve the Lord, or we could say this, follow his plan. And he will bless your bread... And your water and take sickness away from the midst of you. Amen. Amen. 
Why? Because on his path, there's no sickness. Hallelujah. To veer from the will of God for your life is to veer from God's best. It's to veer away from health. It's to veer away from long life. Veer away from prosperity. Don't leave God's best. Amen. Amen. So God spoke to me that there were three ways that Christians opened the door to the devil, to sickness, to failure. What was the first one? To lose our peace. The second way is what? To turn away from God's direction, to veer from God's plan for our life. The third thing that opens the door to the devil for the Christian, for sickness to attach itself to them is, and this one surprised me, and I'm so glad the Holy Ghost brought this out because I didn't understand the, the emphasis that needed to be put on it. And he said, it's through the lack of gratitude. Lack of gratitude will open the door to the devil to attack you with sickness. <clears throat> God gave me the home I now live in. And first time ever able to pay cash for the home. So you know God did that. Now I'm believing God, of course, for the renovation. Y'all will all be kept informed. But in, in doing that, when I say, God, thank you for the supply to renovate, you know what I always say first? Thank you for my home. I don't lose gratitude for what I already have when I'm asking for something more. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God said those with a lack of gratitude will leave the door open to the devil. What you're not thankful for, the devil will steal from you. When you're not thankful over something, you're not watching out for, over it. You're not paying attention to it as you ought. And when you don't pay attention, the devil's counting on you not being watchful. And he'll steal something from you. What's the Bible tell us? Be vigilant. Be watchful. Why? Because the devil is walking about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Why? He's watching for people who aren't paying attention. When you're praising God and thanking God, thank you, Father, for this. Thank you for my home. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my marriage. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my employer, saved or unsaved. When you're thankful for those things, the devil cannot get in and steal them from you. Can I tell you how do people lose their marriages? Somebody quit being grateful. You understand, this is how people end up in divorce courts. What they once loved, they, they quit being grateful for. Now they're picking it apart and finding fault with it and saying, well, he doesn't do this or she doesn't do that. And they lose gratitude for one another. And because of that, then the devil steals the marriage from them. Amen. Why? Through their lack of gratitude. Can I tell you the way to keep your marriage sound? Every day say, I'm thankful for you. Thank you for, thank you that you are that, well, he doesn't do this for me. Well, thank him for what he does do. Right? She doesn't do this. She doesn't do that. Well, if you're not going to find a way to be grateful, the devil will find a way in. Come on. Amen. This is how marriages come to ruin. They quit being grateful for one another. They became grateful for themselves only. 
Marriage Counseling 101, here we go. The husband put the wife first. The wife put the husband first. Then everyone gets put first. You put you first, and you're going to have to step on your spouse to do it. Praise the Lord. Yes, you're welcome. Happy New Year. We're talking about not letting the devil steal from you. If we're not grateful for our spouses, he'll steal our marriage from from us. How about being grateful for your boss? Well, my boss doesn't treat me right. He didn't hire you to treat you right. He hired you so you would perform a function for him and then he pays you. Whether he ever acknowledges you or not, you didn't get that job so you could be acknowledged and congratulated. Be grateful that somebody hired you and gives you a paycheck. Well, it's not enough of a paycheck. You knew what the price was when you said yes. When you accepted the job, you knew what the salary was. So for you to change midstream and then call them wrong or bad because they don't measure up to your change, the devil will steal from you. He'll keep you broke until you're grateful for someone paying you a paycheck. You won't have your own. You're not going to increase. You've got to get this stuff straightened out. Lack of gratitude. That means you don't sit in the lunchroom with coworkers and speak against the boss because they're talking their way into poverty, but you better not talk your way into it. You better talk your way into prosperity. And gratitude is the talk that brings you into prosperity. If you talk about the lack of money, it'll keep you broke. But you talk about my father's taking care of me. Regardless of whether or not the man gives me a pay raise, my God will take care of me. People go in and try to put pressure on the employer because they're looking to a man to be their provider. And then if they don't get what they try to pressure upon the employer, then they get ungrateful. And then they start losing. Then they see, see, if I just had a paycheck, if they would just give me a raise, it's your lack of gratitude. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can I tell you, let's say this, 10 fingers, nine of them work great, but one of them's hurting. Can I tell you the way to get number 10 healed? Father, thank you for the nine that work. Father, you gave me these fingers and these nine that work are by your power. So I say the 10th one works by your power. Instead of complaining about the part that doesn't work right, start being grateful for what does work right. And what will happen is that that will be the flow of faith. Gratitude is the flow of faith. It is the conversation of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Complainers are doubters. Praisers, gratitude, thankfulness, are faith people. Amen. You may be the only grateful one in the room. You better be there. Don't let the grippers bring you into their flow. Don't let the complainers bring you into their flow. 
That's what happened to the Hebrews that were delivered out of Egypt and they ended up not going into the land because they griped and complained the whole way through. If they would have just gotten up and been grateful. I love the testimony of a, of a, of a woman. She came to a church and when the pastor would even mention Jesus is the healer or even call for a healing line or do anything with healing in the service, she would stand up right in the middle of the service. Now, not in a way that was inappropriate and drew attention to herself, but she would stand up and she would just start worshiping Jesus. And they said tears would run down her face when she would do this. Anytime the pastor mentioned Jesus as the healer. This went on for a period of about two years. And finally, the pastor went to her after about two years of seeing her do this and said, you know, I notice that every time we have a healing line or I mention anything about Jesus as the healer, you stand up and you start worshiping Jesus and you start weeping. And she said, Pastor, she said, 15 years ago, I was dying of cancer. And uh, someone told me about Jesus the healer. And she said, I believed him as my healer. And she said, he healed me from cancer. I can't hear about him as healer and me not remember what he did for me. And she said, I must give him my gratitude. I tell you what, that's the kind of flow that will keep you healthy and healed. If you will start thanking him for the parts that do work, it will overflow into the parts that don't work and they will begin working because gratitude is what brings the anointing of God. Amen. Gratitude brings the anointing. Hallelujah. You don't have to know everything, but you do know how to, you do have to know how to be thankful. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, so many people are trying to figure out ways to make money. Won't you be grateful for your job? Be grateful for what you do have. Instead of complaining about the little bit you don't have. What did Jesus do when they brought him just the loaves and fish, enough to, not, not even enough just for a little boy and going to feed a multitude? The Bible says Jesus looked up to heaven and gave thanks. He took what was not enough and thanked God. And in the flow of gratitude, what was not enough became more than enough and fed a multitude. So the three ways that, that Christians can open the door to the devil to attack them with sickness, disease, lack, or anything else is number one, loss of peace, getting into worry, fear, or doubt. Number two, veering away from the plan of God for their life. Number three, lack of gratitude. How many of you say, I'm grateful? Every day, every day give yourself the habit, the spiritual habit of exercising gratitude to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we're grateful this morning. Father, we're grateful. Tell him how grateful you are for the supply of God, the blessing of God, the health of God. Stop thinking about the opposition. Start thinking about what to be grateful for. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God offers you his thoughts. Take them. This life-changing book by Nancy Dufresne, A Sound Disciplined Mind, will instruct you on how to do that. It will lift you from the commonplace into the supernatural. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. 
We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.